0: It's great to be with you. It's great to see Pastor Leo on the LED walls like he's here. It's awesome. I've been with him in America for one week to discuss about the movement, about the next steps we go to, what God what is on in God's heart. And Pastor Leo is really a man of faith. Did you know that? Do you know why I know it? He invited me to speak in English. He must be a man of faith, and he's a role model too, because he's uh, very fearless. He's starting preaching in English without knowing English a few years years ago. He creates creates new sentences nobody understands, but the Holy Spirit translated this, so it's very awesome. So I have a topic for you today. Uh, It's uh, about the first church in history, it's in Acts, and the first church, they I have like a motto, like a slogan for me. The church is, I think, fearless. Why is it fearless? Fearless is a great word for me because fearless means to live without fear. And the power of the first church was, that it was the summary of the, all the hearts together because they all were fearless by themselves. The whole church was fearless. The problem is, when you are here today, you say, you're great. I live right now and I have fear. Well, this church can't be fearless because I'm in this church and I have fear in my heart. The question is, how can I live fearless? Maybe you know Jesus already and you're very happy that he's in your life and you, you wish you would pray for other people or talk about Jesus. But if your colleague in work or some your friend will ask you, do, what do you believe? Sometimes you talk about God, about values, about anything, but not Jesus. Maybe you know this fear. When it comes to Jesus, sometimes we go a little bit crazy. We're not honest in a way. Or you experience healing in your life. You say, okay, I would like to pray for other people. One, But when there's a chance to pray for people, maybe you're afraid too and say, oh, I don't know if I pray for you outside of the church. So we have a lot of fears. we like in a prison of fear very fast. And I go with you in Acts chapter three. Um, right before this chapter, something great happens because Peter uh, preached the first time publicly, and afterwards, three thousand people got saved. Nice start for a church. Good job. Something happened with Peter before because uh, some days before, some weeks before, he was so afraid. If somebody asked him if he's a Christian, he said no. Somebody asked him, "Oh, you you were hanging around with Jesus, don't you?" No. I don't know how to write Jesus, who are you talking about, G-E-S-U-S, I don't know. He was so afraid that he denied Jesus very often. So something happened with him and then after Acts chapter 2, something crazy happens in chapter 3 and this always happens in every Christian life. Maybe it happened already in your life or it will happen in your life, Acts chapter 3. The situation is like this uh, two disciples are going to the temple and there's a, a man sitting in front of the temple and he is very sick they're praying for this guy and he's healed who would say tonight this is not good you are not allowed to pray for people this is this is not good anyone anyone who would say okay if you pray for somebody and he's healed you should go to prison for it yes no, okay. You think, oh, what's going on in the past? Is he going crazy? It's not logical what I tell you, because, <laughs> thank you very much, Michael. Uh, the situation is like this. Because they prayed for this man and he was healed, they got caught, they were beaten up, and the people said to him, if you talk one more time about Jesus, we will put you in prison for a lifetime. What did they do? They talked about Jesus and prayed. This is all what they did. And then they announce this situation, and normally we are very afraid when somebody tells something against my faith. For example, you're very fresh in faith, you, you experience Jesus, and then you t- start talking with your friends, with your family. Somebody will tell you one day, stop talking about Jesus. Don't go on my nerves, stop it. Somebody will tell to you to so stop to talk about Jesus. Maybe it happened already you burned like yourself in a way, or it will happen. And now we see what will happen. It's not logical, I tell you, when you not know the spiritual dimension. The devil has the plan to hold you back to talk about Jesus. Without the spiritual dimension, it doesn't make sense that you are in front of a judge because you talk about Jesus. The media, the television, and the newspaper, they come very often to ICF Munich, and then they ask me, Pastor Tobias, ICF, do you evangelize people, yes or no? And in Germany, it's like something very ter- terrible if you evangelize people. This is not allowed. Do you evangelize people? Then I te- to- told this man from the newspaper, I said, no, not more than every German does. Why? What do you mean? I said, every German ge- ev- evangelizes for everything, you know? They call me for Tupa Party. You know Tupa Party? That's crazy. Thermomix Party. Go, get a do new membership for my uh, fitness club. All the people come to go to my yoga course. Everybody is coming, telling me, come here, go there, buy this BMW. Know BMW? From my city. They evangelize me all the time by advertising all the time. Buy this car now. Everybody's allowed to do it to make advertising for everything, but we talk about Jesus. So goes it not. Don't talk about Jesus Talk about everything, but not Jesus about yoga, BMW, Tupperware, Thermomix. Do what you want, but not Jesus This doesn't make sense if you don't know the spiritual dimension and So we see what happened because afterwards the two guys they go in the church and they tell the people what happened and then they pray together And the prayer is very special because it's not like a normal Swiss prayer. So not many people are from Switzerland here. I don't know about your nations, but I know about Switzerland and Germany. Maybe in your nation it's different, but in German or Swiss, we're not used to pray like this. I tell you what they do. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign lords, Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord, against his anointed one. Indeed, Herodotus and Pontius Pilatus met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So, why is this prayer different? A Norman, German, or Swiss guy would pray like this You have a problem. How do you start your prayer? You will describe God the problem. Do you realize this? God! We have a problem. I've been in prison. Did you re- recognize it? And they told me if I tell one more time about your name, I will be in prison again. We pray like if God doesn't recognize my problems they explain it and tell it and complain and say God where are you where have you been I'm afraid they start the prayer like this first of all they focus on who's God he's the creator of the world creator of the world he's the one who is in control he knew it before what will happen he's not surprised like this oops what happened with Peter that's not good. Nobody told me. There was summer celebration. I had free, to, free holidays in, in heaven. So I didn't recognize that Toby has a problem. You know, sometimes we believe this. So they pray in this way. And then um, something will happen in verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They don't pray. Stop the things that's going on against me, they pray, change myself. There's something different. Don't pray, stop the people who complaining and tell lies about me. They they ask God to change themselves. So the question is, what does boldness mean? Boldness means openness to talking and bold, to be bold. They pray for their heart. And now a very charismatic prayer comes. I heard this prayer the first time when I was 19. I was very fresh sa- fresh saved by Jesus and I was in a small group and then one of these Christians prayed and he had always great words, you know. I prayed like Toby is talking like this and he prayed like a poetry slam, you know. So big words and charismatic and full of passion and a man of faith. I was felt a little bit Unsecure, And he prayed this prayer I thought, wow, are you ready for this prayer? Very charismatic. Stretch out your hand, God, to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What a prayer, is it? Ah, yeah. wow. If you're single and you search for a girlfriend or boyfriend and go in the next small group and pray like this, all the other single ladies or men will say, wow. What a man of God, you know? (laughs) The problem is, when I read the first time, I didn't know much about the Bible and I thought what they're praying is like this. They pray, God, you move your mighty hand and we are the cheerleaders to watch what you're doing, okay? God will move his hands. I don't move, I just wait. I'm just in my prayer room here, in my prayer small group. I wait because God will move his mighty arm. When I first, for the first time read the whole Bible, I recognized that Jesus has a different plan. He said, you know, guys, I've been with you three years now. My, my physical body was on this earth. I reached out for people, I prayed for people, now I go to the Father in heaven. Now my body is the church. You're my arms, you're my hands, you're my feet. This is my body. So when these guys pray that God will move his mighty arm, for whom are they praying to? For themselves. We are the mighty arm of God. Oh, I didn't know. We? And sometimes it's a problem. We are praying and praying that God will move and reach out for Zurich and the nations. In my opinion, God is sitting there and is thinking, I would like to reach Zurich. I would like to, really. But my arm is like disabled. (laughs) And I'm like in this jacket without moving. And then the Christian praying, please reach out your mighty hand. And God is telling, yeah, I would like to. (laughs) My my arm is sitting in church. (laughs) It's not so easy. So the mighty hand of God. And then it continues like this. After they prayed, the place where their meeting was shaken, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is the situation. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) So this is the situation, but there's a misunderstanding in Christianity. Some people think, okay, now I understand. I'm not fearless right now. I have fear of man. I just pray for the Holy Spirit, and afterwards, I'm Switzerland's next top Christ. You know, the Holy Spirit will come and then I'm fearless. If you're more than one week a Christian, you know this won't happen. I don't know how many times you prayed Holy Spirit fill me, but you still have fear of man. Isn't it like this? Otherwise, it would be easy. Just one prayer and then no problem. I don't have fear. Let's go. No, it's good to pray, it's good to know to whom you're talking to, but then you go step by step. Like this young woman in our church, she said, her name's Julia, she said, you know pastor, I was always afraid of talking to other people about Jesus or pray for people. So she went in our small groups and asked the other ladies, are you afraid too, and all said yes. Welcome in the club, it's called church. A lot of people full of fear meeting together To reach Jesus. That is church. Okay. And then she asked him, why don't we start in our small group? We start in our small group. If God gives us an impression, a thought by the Holy Spirit, we just tell the others. Sometimes we are already afraid to give an impression from God to another Christian. They started in the small group. Then he decided, we go in the next service. Because on Sundays like this, only people come in this room who are longing for God. Otherwise, you could do something different in Zurich at this time. So it doesn't matter if you know Jesus already or not, you're only here because you're longing for God, you have questions. So the next step where they tried to give impressions from God to the other persons in the service. The third step was, and this is for Germans, a very big step. I don't know about your nations. But we Germans, we don't talk with other people we don't know public. We don't do it. We are very happy that we have smartphones, for example, we are in the elevator, we can look on our smartphones, and nobody understands that we are not able to talk with people we don't know. We like this. In other cultures, it's no problem. I've been in America, you can't go one meter up in the elevator without talking with the whole elevator. That's America. In Germany, it's like. Okay. So she said, We start next week, our small group, just somebody you don't know, maybe. In the supermarket, just tell something good about this person. And we see if we die or not. (laughs) Okay. So she went to the supermarket. She saw a young lady, well-dressed hair. She said, great hair. That's all. And she recognized, I don't die. It's possible for Germans to talk with somebody you don't know and tell something good. So, And the fourth step was, next week, if we're in the supermarket... And the Holy Spirit gives me an impression, we just pray or talk with the other person. It was the fourth step, not the first step. Then she was standing in the line in front of a lady, she was buying fish. And if you don't, I don't know if you just practice to listen to the Holy Spirit, but it's funny. (laughs) Sometimes you have thoughts, you say, that doesn't make sense, but I do it. Okay. She saw the fish and thought, "This, this lady needs hope. Fish, hope, okay. No problem. And then she asked the lady, do you need hope right now in your life? And she said, yes. And she prayed for the lady in the supermarket. There was a prayer for the Holy Spirit, but then there were four steps in a group to overcome the fear of man. Uh, Another lady in our church, Jule, not all the ladies are called Julia or Jule, but Jule, she's responsible in ICF Kids to go out in the parks of Munich and make the ICF Kids program in the park. Okay? They started very successfully. A lot of people came. In this park, a lot of different religions come together. A lot of people who are not used to talk about Jesus, about God, are coming in this park. They were very successful. They talked about God, about values, about education, and all the people like these guys. But one day she said to the team, why don't we talk about Jesus in the park? Or said, mm, I don't know. A little bit too crazy maybe, too straight. There are a lot of Muslims. It's not funny if you do this. So if you're not used to the spiritual dimension, it's not logical, but if you start to think about, talk about Jesus, fear comes in your heart. You think, oh, it's not good. I don't feel good. It's not nice. And you know, these emotions in you, this is the fear of the devil that you will talk about Jesus. Because he knows the name of Jesus has power. And if he can stop you, talk about Jesus, he will win. So she decided with the team, next time in the park, we'll talk about Jesus, not only God, about Jesus. But she was afraid. She wrote down a Bible verse on her hand and they have like little signs to remember to pray and she was standing behind this little stage and said, okay, Jesus, now I go outside and I will talk about you the first time in the park. She did it, she went on the stage, and afterwards she said, this was the first time that she felt totally free and totally to be herself when she talked the first time honestly about Jesus. Not go a little back, "Oh, I don't know. Afterwards she asked in the park, 100 people are gathering there, and she said, if you want to receive Christ in your heart today, come in front of the stage, you can come, we give give you a little, uh, what's that, armband? Bracelet, and then you can decide if Jesus comes in your heart or not. Okay, 100 people, most of them Muslims, 60 people went to the stage. Shh! Shenzhi told the other guys of the team, ask them if they understood it right. Jesus Christ! Ask them before you give the bracelet that they receive Jesus in their heart. I do want Jesus in your heart. Yes, yes, Jesus Christ in your heart. Yes, yes. After what she said, If you would have told me three weeks ago that in the park of Munich, 60 people received Jesus Christ in their heart, I would have said, this is Acts. It doesn't happen today. This has been 2,000 years ago. Today is like, you know, nothing happens. The only thing was she started to talk about Jesus. The problem is that we talk more about our fears and we pray more about our fears than we recognize that who is God. There was a lady, she told me, you know, Pastor, I'm single. I always wish to find a man and to have babies. But after the last small group, I don't want to have a man anymore and I don't want to have babies. I said, why, what happened? I said, you know, all the other ladies talked about the birth of a child. And you can have a small group in ICF, and the topic of the small group is fear and not Jesus. Did you know that? It's like, if this is fear, So the first woman starts like this. You know, at my birth of my child, it took 243 hours. It was so hurting, you know, everything was, you know, and, and so, and the next was that, you know, I heard about a woman. That's the best I heard about a woman, not me. So you know, this pain is so much. And they told like 30 minutes about pain and what could happen and what will be. And, and afterwards, the, the leader of the smoke said, let's pray together. <laughs> <sighs> Still the fear is in the midst of the group. Not Jesus, did you recognize this? And they pray, oh Jesus, if it's possible, I don't want to get pregnant. Sometimes we focus so much on the fear that we forget the prayer in acts. What do they do? They make a small group. They be like, like this. They talk about birth, and it's really painful, I think. I don't know. I saw it only at my wife, and I said, thank God I'm a man. That's another point, but because I wouldn't have survived it, but okay. But the problem is, if you talk about fear, then there should be this reaction. God, now I talk with you. Not with my fear. You are in control. You're bigger than everything. And this is another attitude. It's not to talk about the fear. And though the team is very important, the small groups are very important. I had a big fear in my life because I had a heart operation three years ago. And afterwards, I was afraid that when I go in in rooms like this, that I can't breathe anymore. Maybe it doesn't make sense for you because if you don't have a fear of somebody else, you can't understand. But I had this fear. So I went to my small group and said, you know guys, I'm afraid to go in ICF. That's not good as a pastor, you know? If you don't go in the church anymore, how do you do it? Said, okay, next Sunday we go together. We go in the last row. We pray together, we ask for the Holy Spirit, but we go together the next step. I realized that I can do it. Afterwards, the next step was to go in the tube, the train, you know, in the metro. Downstairs. I was afraid that I can't breathe there, you know? But I knew every two minutes I can w- run out. So I said, okay, we go there. Next step was I was afraid to fly with a plane over the ocean. At the tube, I can go out every two minutes. At the flight to America, you can't go out. So I knew I'd go with my crew over the ocean, and then was the last step. I knew now the fear is for me to go under the earth in a tunnel where it's dark and a little bit closey, there will think that I can't breathe, that I will die. So we've been in Jerusalem, I have brought some pictures with a team and the youth pass of Isaac Munich were there and then we walked down to his Kia tunnel. His that he created a tunnel uh, under Jerusalem in the rocks and it starts very good in a way and then it gets closer and closer and then it's like from this to this side, you start standing and then it gets deeper, 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 deeper. Water is running here and it's dark. And you have to go 15 minutes in one direction. You can't turn around because a lot of Americans come behind you and you're not, you're not, you don't know if they will survive it because sometimes they ate too much McDonald's. So it's really, it's not a no, no joke. One of these guys, he was stick in the tunnel. Terrible, okay. Just you have to go in one direction. You can't go back. It's dark. Water is running and I thought, I will die. If I will have a heart attack there, I am dead. So I told the youth pastors, you know guys, you want to go with me in the tunnel? I said, yes, why not? And afterwards we talked about it. Fabienne, the youth pastor, the girl, she said, you know, I was very afraid in the tunnel because I thought all the time about the snakes and the animals in the water. I said, I didn't thought any thoughts about this. You know, this wasn't my problem. Not the snakes, not the animals. I tried to breathe. The youth pastor, Silas, he said, I wasn't afraid at all. But he made all the time jokes, you know. It's sometimes a little bit, you know, I don't know. I don't know. When you make jokes all the time, I don't know. And we were going through the tunnel. I tried to breathe. And then our youth pastor, she starts singing in the tunnel, in the darkness. I'm no longer a slave for fear. I am a child of God, I am no longer a slave of fear. I tried to breathe, (laughs) she was singing. And during she was worshiping in the midst of this tunnel, in the midst of my fear, I could walk step by step with my team, with the attitude of God, with the worship attitude through my fear. The same thing happens in the Bible with Silas and Paul. Acts 16. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. What did they do? They prayed for somebody and this person was healed. The same thing. They talked about Jesus and they prayed. Afterwards, they were persecuted. So, what happens? And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they've been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. They are right now in the midst of this prison. We in Europe or Switzerland, we are normally not in prisons, in physical prisons. Because you have freedom of religion. But we are in the prison of fear in ourselves. Because Acts 3 happens all the time, if you don't know how to react on your fear, you will. Stay in this prison of fear for your whole life.